This is Scott Lutz. Today we are in Joshua. This is your Old Testament part of the program today. Uh, I just want to say also uh, that I want to thank you for your support. Um, if you would like to uh, support this ministry, um, you're doing just that by listening in. And you are, um, and I just thank you for that, for some of you who have been regular listeners, um, don't have very many right now, but, um, I still trust in the Lord and I still believe that the Lord has called me to this, um, ministry. So, um, I just want, would like you to, um, keep me in prayer. That's the best way to support this ministry. Um, so let's go ahead and read the scripture, Joshua chapter 14, uh, verses one through, uh, let's see, one through, just give me a second, 1 through 15. And this division of the left land west of the Jordan is, is what we're starting with. And then we're after this, we're going to head straight to the New Testament reading, which is in Romans. So um, we're, this is going to be what we do from now on because it's just easier to just get it all done for all of you instead of having all these scattered uh, messages. So let's go ahead and read this scripture. Now these are the areas the Israelites received as an inheritance to the land of Canaan. But Jelazer the priest, Joshua son of Nun, and the heads of the tribal clans of Israel allotted to them. Their inheritance was assigned by Lot. To the nine and a half tribes. I'm sorry guys. My birds are really, really active today. As the Lord had commanded through Moses. Moses had granted the two and a half tribes their inheritance east of the Jordan. But had nothing granted the, the Levites an inheritance among the rest. For the sons of Joseph had become two tribes. Manasseh and Ephraim. The Levites received no share of the land, but but only towns to live in, with pasture lands by for their flocks and herds. So the Israelites divided the land just as the Lord had commanded Moses. Hebron, given to Caleb. Now the men of Judah approached Joshua at Gilgal, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, said to him, "You know that." what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God at Kadesh Barnea, about you and me. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land. And I brought him back a report according to my convictions. But my brothers who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt with fear. I, however... Followed the Lord by my God wholeheartedly. So on the day Moses swore to me, the land on which you your feet have walked will be your inheritance and that of your children forever, because you have followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. Now then, just as the Lord promised, he has kept me alive for forty-five years since the time he said this to Moses. While Israel moved about in the desert, so here I am today. 
85 years old. I am still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. No, give me this hill country that the Lord promised me that day. You yourself heard then that the Anakites were there, and their cities were large and fortified. But the Lord help, helping me, I will drive them out, just as he said. Then Joshua blessed Caleb, son of Jephunneh, to and gave him Hebron as his inheritance. So Hebron was belong, has belonged to Caleb, son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, ever since, because he followed the Lord, the God of Israel, wholeheartedly. Hebron used to be called Kerath Arba, after Arba, who was the greatest man among the Anakites. Then the land had rest for more. Okay, that's all I have for the Old Testament. Let's go ahead and head to the New Testament. Just give me a moment as I head there. I hope you all have good plans for the Thanksgiving holiday. I hope you are all well. All right, so here we are in Romans. Let's go to chapter 3 of Romans. All right, so let's go ahead and begin reading the scripture. God's faithfulness. What advantage then is there in being a Jew? Or what value is there in circumcision? Much in every way. First of all, they have been entrusted with the very words of God. What is if some did not have faith? Will their lack of faith nullify God's faithfulness? Not at all. Let God be true, and every man a liar, as it is written, so that you may be proved right when you speak and prevail when you judge. But if our unrighteousness brings out God's righteousness more clearly, what shall we say? That God is unjust in bringing his wrath on us? I am using a human argument. Certainly not. If that were so, how could God judge the world? Someone might argue. If my falsehood enhances my argue. Hold on. If my falsehood enhances God's unfaithful truthfulness and so increases his glory, why am I still condemned as a sinner? Why not say, as we are being slanderously reported, as saying, and as some claim that we say, let us do evil and good may, may result, their condemnation is deserved. No one is righteous. What shall we conclude then? Are we any better? Not at all. We have already made the charge the Jews and Gentiles alike are under all under sin, as it is written. There is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands, no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have, have together become worthless. There is no one who, who does good, not even one. 
Their throats are open graves. Their tongues practice deceit. The poison of vipers is on their lips. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Ruin and misery mark their ways. And the way of peace they do not know. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be silenced and the whole world held accountable to God. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in his sight by observing the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of sin. Righteousness through faith. But now a, a righteousness from God, apart from law, has been made known to the, which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all just, justify freely by his grace through the redemption that came to Christ Jesus. God presented him as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in his blood. He did this to demonstrate his justice, because in his forbearance he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished, and he did it to demonstrate his justice at the present time, so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. Where then is boasting? It is excluded. On that what principle? On um, what that of observing the law? No, but on that of faith. For we maintain that a man is just justified by faith apart from observing the law. Is God the God of Jews only? Is he not the God of Gentiles too? Yes, of Gentiles too. Since there is only one God who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through the same faith do we then nullify the law by this faith not at all rather we uphold the law let's go ahead and close in prayer father in heaven i just praise you i just ask that you watch over us and keep us safe lord over these situations and lord um if it's your will for joe biden to be president lord i just pray that you protect your church from persecution since persecution always happens when Democrats run the country. Um, I just pray that you will also touch his heart and harden his heart and Kamala Harris as well and allow them to come to you and and be servants of you, Lord. I just ask, Lord, that you, um, if it's your will for Donald Trump to stay in office, that your will will be done. And if there was any cheating from any of the both of them, that you, Lord, will make sure justice is done. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.